This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. I'm going to talk to you today about a key to your faith that I believe that's going to make your faith go further and further. Amen. How many people want great faith in here? Amen. And the title of my sermon is The Power of Thankfulness or a Thankful Attitude. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to say this. Your attitude has everything to do with your faith. One person said it's not it's, it's attitude, not aptitude that determines your altitude. I know that's kind of hard to <laughs> grasp. It, 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 in other words, it doesn't matter how smart you are. Really, what, what matters is really uh, how positive you are. So, it, so it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter about your aptitude. It's all about your attitude. And our attitude in God is big. Amen? And so I really believe that when we walk in a, in a thankful heart, we're going to see greater blessings. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Greater blessings uh, in our lives. Amen? It will bring us victory. Amen. Now let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57. I love this. And, uh, you know, it says here, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now, underline this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we know death is an enemy, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you if you uh, you know you live on this earth and you die sick, broke, busted, and you die early in life, you still win. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Even if you die young in life, you still win. Why? Because you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, we we have uh, Stephen the martyr, and we don't know how old. The Bible doesn't doesn't record how old he was. He might have been a young man. He might have been in his twenties. But he died as a martyr, but he still died as a victor, right? Why is that? Because, you know, he may have died in the prime of his life, but he made it to heaven. And so, so we got to get a revelation that this, this world is not, is not something that we need to be attached to. That we're just pilgrims passing through. And so we don't need to get caught up in all the world's drama. Glory to God. But we need to stay in the word of God. Amen? Amen. Now, why is that? Because we have something to look forward to. Now, when you back up this scripture, it's, it, this is Paul, and he's, and he's talking about the resurrection. He's talking about that, that Jesus is coming back. And this is why we have victory. He says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible. Uh, so, so when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying is written, Death is swallowed up, in victory. So what, what, is, uh, what is Paul saying? He's saying that, that, that death is not the end of our lives. 
what he's saying that death is really, uh, uh, it, it's a transition to a brighter life. Death is a transition. And he's saying that we're not all going to die. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus is coming back and we have something to look forward to. And that's the reason why we need to be walking in victory every day of our lives because we have something to look forward to. Glory to God. And I'm looking forward to a brand new body. I'm looking forward to being raised uh, up with Jesus in the heavenly clouds. I'm looking forward to sitting at the banquet, of ta- the banquet table for seven years when all chaos is going on down here on the earth. I'm looking forward to coming back with Jesus and taking over the earth. Amen. How many people are looking forward this morning? Amen. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Let's, let's continue to read. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. So, so, so notice he says, thanks be to God. See, the, the, the theme of thanksgiving runs all through the Bible. And when we get a revelation of, of a thankful heart towards God, there's nothing that's going to stop us in God. Why? Because when we thank God, we're thanking God for all that he has done, all that he's doing, and all that he's going to do. So a thankful heart is powerful. In 2 Corinthians 2, 14, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which this is similar, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. I love that. So what he's saying is, he's saying that, that, that uh, a thankful heart produces a, a fragrance in the realm of the Spirit. Has anybody, it's a, it's a fragrance of victory. Anybody put a cologne on today, put on some victory today, glory to God. Amen. In other words, when we are in a thankful position in God, it, it, it produces a, a, a fragrance, glory to God, of victory all around us. Can I get a witness today? So, so our attitude can bring a, a victorious, sweet smell and aroma wherever we go. We're, we are supposed to smell good in the spirit realm. I want to say that again. I'm not just talking about putting cologne on. I'm not just talking about getting a bath and putting on and, and doing Irish Spring as soap. Glory to God. I, I'm, I'm talking about that, that, that when you have a positive attitude, it, 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 it permeates all in the atmosphere. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, I don't know about you, but I want to smell good to God. How many people want to smell good to God? And in contrast, a heart of unthankfulness or a heart of bitterness produces a bad odor to God and to the saints. So when we have a heart of, of unthankfulness or a heart of bitterness, the Bible says a bitterness will defile many people. So when we're walking in some type of bitterness or some type of unthankfulness, it rubs off. Just as a positive attitude, a thankful attitude rubs off as well. And so I don't know about you, but I want to make sure 
that I'm sprinkling the perfume or the cologne of thankfulness wherever I go. Amen. Let's look at it again. Uh, the, uh, the scriptures again. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. But thank, And then the second one, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's just say this. Thanks be to God that gives me the victory in Jesus Christ. If you want to learn how to develop the capacity to to receive more from God, how many people want to develop the capacity to receive more of God's goodness, more of God's mercy, more of God's grace? Then uh, to do that, you have to expand a heart of gratefulness. A heart of gratefulness actually opens the door. Am I preaching today? A heart of gratefulness opens the door for God's grace to come in. Remember that Noah, when, uh, when God uh, spoke to Noah and said he was going to destroy the planet. And then he told Noah that he needed to build a boat and to save his family and really to save the human race. And remember that, that, that uh, it rained and it flooded out the earth and it was just Noah and his family on that boat. Thank God for God's grace. Amen. And thank God that God found somebody on the earth that was faithful. He was, the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. In other words, he stood in righteousness. As long as we stand in righteousness, we'll always be safe. And I don't know if you remember this, but the, but the water started receding. And the, and, and, the, and the ship that he built ended up uh, coming on dry ground. It was probably on top of a mountain. Amen. And, uh, and I don't know if you, if you realize this or not, but the first thing that Noah did was that he took some animals and he made a sacrifice. I'm preaching today. He made a sacrifice unto the Lord. He, 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 he sacrificed. And the Bible actually said that sacrifice was like a sweet-smelling aroma. I'm preaching today. The sacrifice of giving can be a sweet-smelling aroma unto the Lord. And then, what, and then when the Lord saw this worship, because our worship is really an act of thankfulness. Am I preaching to anybody today? And so when, when the Lord saw this, and he saw that what, what uh, Noah did, that this, this sacrifice, that, that the first thing he did when he got out of the boat, he sacrificed a thanksgiving offering that the Lord said, I will never flood the earth again on account of man. Think about that. In other words, I will not, I will not cause judgment to come this way again. And, and, so, and, so, and then that's where we have the promise of the rainbow. Glory to God. Now, he's not going to flood the earth again, but, but, but he will come back for judgment. Amen. And, and I'm telling you, I, I, we've got to get right. Look at your neighbors and say, get right or get left. <laughs> and I, and I want to get right and I don't want to get left. Hallelujah. So this tells me that, that how we respond to God will determine the amount of blessing that we walk in. If we have an ungrateful heart, it will keep us in the wilderness out of the blessings of the promises of God. God's plan for the children of Israel was for them to not wander in the desert for 40 years. 
you know, that God wanted the children of Israel. He desired them to be in the promised land less than a year when they were in the wilderness. But what happened? What happened? Uh, they, they just, they had a hard time connecting faith with God's word. They had a hard time. They, they focused on the circumstances of life and it kept them in the wilderness. And it kept them from, from moving forward in God. And really, uh, our attitude can hinder, I'm, I'm going to make a statement this morning. Our attitude can hinder the blessings of God in our lives. But, but God is almighty. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Can we hinder the almighty, all-powerful God of the universe? Can we actually stop God? Yes, you can. People say, no, no, God's sovereign. We, we can't. If God wants to do something amazing in our lives, he can't. No, no, no. He has to have our cooperation. God could not save the human race without Noah being obedient to God to build the ark. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Doesn't, isn't he looking for a, a, a man or a woman that will obey him and say, yes, Lord, yes, I will go for you. The Bible says that God looked for somebody to stand in the gap. He's looking for us to stand in the gap for what? For this human race, which is stand to pray to avoid judgment. Yes. Amen. And I'm telling you, thank God. Thank God. God is a merciful God. He doesn't want to judge anybody. Hell's not a place that God sends people because he's mad at them. Hell's a place where people pay for their own sins. Oh, I'm preaching today. It's not because God is mad at people because they're going to hell. No, it's, it's a place where they have to pay for their own sins. But thank God, the people of God, that our sins are already paid for. And thank God that we have a home in heaven. Somebody say, I'm heaven bound. So we can limit, I'm, I'm talking, the grace of God in our lives. And I don't want to limit God's grace. Because when we limit God's grace, we slow God down from helping us. Am I preaching to somebody today? And I don't want to know about you, but I don't want to slow God down. In other words, the children of Israel could have made it into the promised land. Within that year, they could have been living in houses they did not build. I'm preaching today. They could have been in a, in a good place but they would not cooperate with God. They wouldn't believe God. And a heart of thankfulness is always a heart of belief. A heart of unthankfulness is always a heart of unbelief. Am I preaching to anybody today? So we're going to get out of that, 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 as my pastors would say, we're going to get out of the mully grubs. We're going to get out of that depressed state. We're not going to stay down and depressed. Why? Because we have the victory. God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hinder God's blessings. I want to increase God's blessings in my life. So in Psalm 78, 40 through 41, it says, How often they have provoked him in the wilderness. Talking about the children of Israel. And he grieved him in the desert. 
Yes, again and again. Notice that it says that they provoked God, which they caused God to be angry. And they grieved him in the desert, which they sat in God. Uh, they, 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 they sat in the, that, that God couldn't do more for them in the time that he wanted to do it for them. Yes, and again and again, they tempted God. And notice this, and limited the Holy One of Israel. So the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God from moving them forward into the things that God wanted them to do. And if the children of Israel could limit God, what about us? Can we limit God? We can limit God with our attitude towards God. If it's a thankful, positive attitude, or is it, if it's a negative attitude, it can slow or increase or move the blessings forward or cause them to diminish in our lives. So I, I don't know about you, but I want to continue to accelerate God's blessings in our lives. So we need to stay thankful to him. God desires to bless those that trust him abundantly. Now let's look at a key here in Psalms 115, 9 through 15. It says here, because I want to say this, that God is not just satisfied with just us being blessed. He wants us to be abundantly blessed. Okay, I'm preaching today. God is not just satisfied with us just having enough. He wants us having more than enough. God is not just satisfied with, with us having a little. He wants to have more. Why? So that we can do more for the kingdom of God. In other words, sometimes we get happy just to have just enough. But God wants us to have more than enough. And so we're going to see this in this scripture where God wants us to have more than enough. Why? So that we can be a blessing to those around us. In Psalms 115, 9 through 15, it says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Notice that there's a theme in here. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and on earth and earth. Amen. So we see here that that the Lord is talking about the blessing and he's talking about increasing us more and more. In other words, some of us might need to get some vision in here. I think some, what hinders us from receiving more from God is we lack vision to have more so that we can do more for God. Isn't that right? So, so some of you might need to get busy to get some vision. Amen. In other, in other words, if money was all object, where would you be living? If, 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 uh, uh, if, if money was all object, what would you be giving? Amen. If you had all the money, what would you do with it? Glory to God. And hopefully you're sowing it, some of it into the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and so, so he's saying here that, that, that those that trust the Lord, he is your shield. Those who trust the Lord, he will help. Those who fear the Lord 
uh, he will bless. And so, so that theme is trust is connected with gratitude. It goes hand in hand. If you're going to be a thankful person in God, you're going to definitely trust God. See, an unthankful person is not a person that's not really trusting God for their welfare. An unthankful person is looking at the circumstances and trusting maybe if good fortune will help them out. No, it's not good fortune. It's God that will help you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so trust and gratitude. So we, we, we need to always understand this, that, that, that trust is saying, Lord, I believe that you are a big God, that you are God that's on the throne, that you are my shepherd, and I shall not lack for any good thing, no matter what it looks like. And when you trust God, and you believe that God is for you, and God is helping you, you got, it, it has to produce a heart of gratitude in your lives. But when, when, what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to come against us trusting God. He's trying to get us to trust our jobs. He's trying, amen, and if your job is lost, what will happen? <laughs> you, yes, you'll get a better one, but, but, but if, you, if you look at the negative side of it, you may moan and groan. If your trust is in your job and you lose your job, then you're gonna, what are you going to do? You better, you better shift it back to your trust in God. If your trust is in the government paying you a paycheck every month and something happens with the government, what's going to happen? You better trust God. Because I'm telling you, the government may not always be there for you. Your employer may not always there, be there for you. But I'm going to say this, God is always there for us. So we don't put our trust you know, in, in, uh, in our bank accounts. We don't put our trust in our jobs. We don't put our trust in the government. We put our trust in God Almighty. And when our trust is in God, it doesn't matter what's happening in the financial realm. God is our shepherd and we shall not lack. I was trying to, uh, I, I, I do uh, um, Amazon part-time just to make a little extra to come into the household and, you know, I, I deliver for them. And uh, it's been a, it's been a good job, and 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 they normally they'll send you a, a offer to do a job, and they weren't sending me an offer that day, and I just and and I'm like, what's going on? They're not sending me an offer, and I said, well, I said again, I said I'm not worried about it. God's my source, and then all of a sudden an offer came. <laughs> it just came up on my phone, right, and it was a good offer. And, uh, and they, and it wasn't just, all I just said was, God is my source. I'm not worried about it. Amen. And I wasn't, I had no care whatsoever. And then all of a sudden the angels of God said, I'm going to take care. Uh, I'm going to give you a job. What, what's, what's the key to blessing? It's called opportunity. It's called an opportunity to do something. That's the key to the blessings of God. In our lives, God will give us an opportunity to step out and do something. And so praise God. And that was and it was a a wonderful offer. And I was blessed tremendously by it. Amen. So what I'm saying, I'm saying no matter what it looks like, stay, stay in an attitude of gratitude and you will see the greatness of God in your life. I'm going to say this uh, uh, attitude uh, uh, of, of a gracious heart 
always has the ability to receive from God. I'm going to say this. You might be great givers, but are you great receivers? I'm going to say that again. If somebody, if somebody's offering you or giving you something, do you, are you receive, do you receive it with a gracious heart? Even if you don't really need it. If somebody offers you something, just receive it. You may not even need it, but you can use it as a seed and sow it. It could be a twice sown seed. But we got to get it. We got to be able to be great uh, receivers if we're going to be great givers. Amen. If we're going to walk in the blessings of God. That's a side note. Amen. I'm not going to charge you for that today. So let's look at let's look at this uh, foundational scripture again. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. He always causes us to triumph in Christ, even though it may look like that we're losing. Even though that, that our, the economy is down, it doesn't matter. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, thanks be to God. In other words, there's no losers in God. No matter what you're going through, God, you know, what, whatever the enemy means for harm, the Bible says that God will cause a turnaround in our lives. He did that with Joseph. It looked like Joseph's life was going nowhere when he was at Potiphar's house. Yes, he was running the household, but he was very limited in the vision that God has for him. And then it looked like that Potiphar, um, that Joseph was going nowhere in the prison. It looked like that he wasn't going nowhere when, when he told the, uh, the uh, cupbearer to tell the king to remember him. And, and it took two more years before Joseph was discovered by the Pharaoh. But I'm telling you, time doesn't make a difference in the victory of God. Time is just a process until we see the victory. So it doesn't matter how long it's taking. Hallelujah. It's going to come to pass. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. Amen. In other words, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So we give thanks to God because he always, always, always causes us to triumph. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. So we are triumphant and we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Thanksgiving and these verses are connected to Future events. So, so we need to understand that. That, uh, that. that we know that God is with us. Let's look at Romans 4.17. 4, because I'm going to say this. In the promises of God, the victory lies in our faith in the word of God. And the word of God is always on and it's always now. I'm going to say it again. Our victory in God always stands on God's word. And God's word is always now. It's a now word. Uh, God's word is the same. His word tells us what we have before we see it. So again, that's the reason why we can have the victory. Because we can believe God even before we see the manifestation of the promise. And we can continue to thank God until we see it. In Romans 4.17 it says, It is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Talking about Abraham. 
He is our Father in the sight of God, in whom He believed, that God who gives life to the dead calls into being things that were not. So we see here that, uh, that, that Abraham had to believe that God was going to give him the promised child, Isaac, even before he, ha- he was even in a place to receive Isaac. Because it was a place in his life where, where, where his wife was barren, where nothing was happening. And I'm going to say this to you today. It may look barren in your life today. You may have some barren areas in your life today. But I'm going to say this to you today. Speak life to it. Speak life to the barren places in your life and, and watch those barren places be resurrected. Now, we're going to look at a story here in the Old Testament. And, and this, old, this, is an old, this is a story about Hannah. And we're going to see some things that she did that was good. And we're going to see some things that she did that prolonged, I believe, the promise of God in her life. And in 1 Samuel 1, 1 and 2, it says, Now there was a certain man in Ramathim, uh, Zohem of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, and the son of Jeromaham, and the son of Elu, and the son of Tehu, and the son of Zepho, and, and, and Iphmite. And he had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the other was Penea. And Penea had children, but Hannah had no children. So we see at the very beginning that this, this man, uh, Elkanah, uh, had, uh, had two wives, one that had children and the other that had no children. That was Hannah. And ha- Hannah was barren in her life. And let's continue on verse 4. As said, whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions of Penea and his wife and all to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. So we see here that, that there was a divine purpose that, that she was barren. And I really believe that divine purpose was to bring her closer to God. There might be a place in your life that you're barren. And I believe that there's a divine purpose for us to seek God so that we can bring life into that barren place in our life. And so, so wherever it is that we may be barren in, God's looking for us to seek him in that process so that we can bring life to it. And then it says in verse 8, it says, Then Elkanah, uh, her husband said to her, Hannah, Why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Well, he thought pretty well of himself. <laughs> Amen. You know, that really doesn't help when you're believing a God and for children, right? He said, am I not better for you, with you? Don't I have it all going on? Notice that Elkanah, uh, he, he really loved her, Anna, Hannah. He, he gave her more portions of the food than his other wife. She was really blessed. She wasn't really seeing the blessings she had. So Hannah rose after that and finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness, soul, prayer to the Lord, and wept in anguish. Amen? So we see here, uh, this really went on year after year, that Hannah uh, was really a person that was depressed over her circumstances 
and over her situations. It was over years of time. And, and Hannah, you know, and, and Hannah was depressed. She was despondent. She was sad. She focused on her need. And I'm going to say this, that whenever we focus on our need, uh, instead of focusing on the, on the God that's the need meter, we'll always get depressed. We'll always become despondent. We'll always be sad. The enemy's trick of his, uh, of his arsenal is for us to focus on our needs. And I'm going to say this, the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So she focused, her attitude, you know, and the Bible actually is very clear. We enter God's gates with grieving and his courts with sadness. No, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we need to get out of that depressed, despondent attitude. Hannah did something different in in prayer. It looks like the uh, for the rest of the count. Let's read this. She got in prayer and she said in 1 Samuel 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look at the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. So what did, what did uh, Hannah did? Uh, she, 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 she flipped the script in a sense. She, she believed God not only for the blessing, but she said, not only if I get this blessing, I'm giving you the blessing back. Oh, I'm preaching today. In other words, she turned her need into a seed. I'm preaching this morning. This is powerful this morning. She turned her need into a seed. And I'm telling you, that's powerful. And when, when what you have in your hand won't make, meet your needs, it's got to be a seed that you sow into the kingdom of God. Why? So God can multiply it. So that God can bless it, glory to God. So she flipped the script. She focused on the blessing of giving the child back. And notice this, it says, and it happened. As she continued praying before the Lord, notice it says, it happened. It happened. Something happened in the, in, the, in the realm of the spirit. She continued praying before the Lord. This is verse 12. That Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? See, even the man of God can miss it. <laughs> even the man of God can miss it. And, uh, and so he was misjudging the whole situation. We, we need to be very careful we don't misjudge things. And, and so he says to, to her, put your wine away for you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm not a woman. I, I am a woman, a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. And then Eli said, go in peace and the God of Israel will grant you your petition, which you have asked of him. See, when the prophet tells you something, he's the spokesperson of God. And when God's word says something, it should change our attitude. So, so the woman went her way and ate and her face 
was no longer sad. Think about that. She went ahead. She was fasting. She went ahead and ate. And her face was not sad anymore. What did she do? A thankful heart will believe God even though you don't see it yet. I'm preaching this morning. She, she, she left the life of misery. She left the life of despondency. She left the life of sadness. And she says, now I'm going to get happy. Why? Because the prophet spoke. Do you know the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy? Do you know that the word of God is more sure than, 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 than Jesus speaking it to you right now to your face? The word of God is yes and amen to everybody. And the word of God should move us into a place of thankfulness. When we read the word of God and she got the word from the prophet that, that your prayer has been heard, your prayer, but she's not pregnant yet. She doesn't have the baby yet. Shouldn't she, shouldn't she wait to say thanks to God when she gets pregnant or when she has the baby? No, you don't wait. Yes, it's proper to thank God once you see the blessing. It's proper to give praise to God once, all the, ble- once the blessing comes into your life. But it's even more proper to give praise and thanksgiving to God before we see it. And she, and she, her attitude has changed. She, I really believe she moved in, her heart changed from a heart of despondency, a heart of depression, to a heart of expectancy, and a heart of thankfulness. So the spoken word of God, coupled with a thankful heart, will produce a harvest in each one of our lives. I'm going to say that again. A spoken word of God. See, I'm going to say this, that, that there's many promises in the Bible. But those promises are sort of dormant until God breathes his life into it. And when he breathes his life into it, it's called rhema. And when we get into it long enough and the word of God becomes real to us, that's when we'll have the promise in our life. It becomes... It, does, it goes from dead letter to living word. That's why you got to keep coming out every Sunday. That's why you got to keep reading your Bible every day. Why? Because the word is dormant until God breathes his spirit on it and it becomes spirit and life. And that spirit life word was spoken to Hannah through the prophet. Yes, there are promises There's promises in the Bible that that if you serve God with a faithful heart, you would not be barren. Those promises was already in the Old Testament. Apparently, Hannah didn't read those promises. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Those promises that you would be blessed uh, with children, it's in the Old Covenant. But she didn't see it until the prophet spoke to her. And I'm saying this to you today. The pastor is speaking to you. And when you couple a spoken word, I'm going to say this. You are blessed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Every blessing are yours is yes and amen. Glory to God. And in 1 Samuel 1, 18, and she said, let, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. She, she prayed a prayer. She gave, uh, or she had the child, Samuel. She gave Samuel to, uh, to Eli, for Eli to raise up. And she gave up her son, her only son. 
And then she, there's recorded in the Bible in 1 Samuel 1, 18, a long prayer that, that Hannah prayed. But I'm just going to, I'm just going to read the first part of it in, in 2, 1. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Glory to God. Notice that the prayer that she prayed, she said, she, she just gave away her son, her only son, amen, the blessing, and then she had a grateful heart. So what is it? There's grace and blessing in us sowing seed to the kingdom of God. And since she praises prayer, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Our hearts should be like that. And we know this, that God did something for her abundantly above more than she can ask or think. Because when you read down in that chapter, in verse 21, it says here, And the Lord visited Hannah, so she conceived and bore three more sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Notice what God did. As she gave grace and blessing to the Lord, as she gave thanks, as she sowed Samuel to Eli, she received five more children. In other words, what we give to God. I'm saying this to you today. God wants more for you than what you have today. He wants to continue to bless you more and more, more than, than you can imagine. Doesn't the Bible says abundantly above more than we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. So what's going to cause this blessing to be in our lives? we got to couple the rhema word of God with thanksgiving. And when we couple the rhema word of God with thanksgiving, we're going to see the grace and the blessings of God, not only in our lives, but in, in our family's lives and in future generations. Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies today. I thank you, Father God, that you are so good and gracious to each one of us. I thank you for those that are listening to me this morning in the audience and those that are watching online. And, and perhaps you have not made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You never made a confession of your faith. Well, well, the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart. He has a desire to come into your life and to have fellowship with you. And you can have that fellowship with the Lord by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. I want you to pray this out loud and mean in your heart if you're ready to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Dear God, I believe... Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.